You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Welcome to Bachelor Monday. My gosh, the Bachelor season is here. Zach's season starts tonight on ABC. We'll be talking a little bit about that. We'll be talking a little bit about how Zach has been promoting this season. Um, I've got a answer, non-answer from... Rob Mills, who is executive producer of this show and in charge of alternative programming at ABC. Got a little Matt, Rachel, and Tyler update for you. Uh, a correction uh, from Friday's podcast in regarding uh, Deanna. Going to talk a little television and some other things in pop culture. But a lot of Bachelor talk today, as uh, we will get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve60 and use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve60 and use code realitysteve60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Also, if you love The Real Housewives, then get ready for some Real House guys because Friday nights on MTV are getting fabulous. Don't miss The Real Friends of WeHo, all part of MTV's new Friday nights after RuPaul's Drag Race, Friday nights at 9, 8 central on MTV. Also, if you love the Jersey Shore, then get ready because this season is going to be the biggest family vacation ever. You don't want to miss this. Make sure to watch Jersey Shore Family Vacation. New season premieres this Thursday, January 26th, 8, 7 central on MTV. So let's get started. Tonight is The Bachelor, Zach Shawcross, Bachelor number 27. It's a lot of seasons, to say the least. 27 Bachelors, 19 Bachelorettes. This is season number 46 of this franchise. And I'm sure you've seen Zach doing interviews, whether it's on podcasts, whether it's on people.com or Us Weekly. I, just the things that they're saying, and you know, we've we've heard this for uh, like two or three weeks now. They're saying, oh, they're, you know, this, if you want to tune in for a love story or this season is going to be, you know, we're going we're gonna to stay away from the drama. Yeah, bullshit. No, you're not. Look at Zach's description of his season when he talked to People.com. This was his quote. It might not be the most dramatic season, but it's the most the most emotional season that they've ever had. But that's not to say that this season will not have some drama. There's no shortage of drama. What? <laughs> you literally just contradicted yourself in three sentences. You just said it might not be the most dramatic season, and then at the end said there's no shortage of drama. So which is it? You know, like it's clear there's plenty of drama. Look at the spoilers that I posted. There's plenty of drama in there and you're acting like, well, there's no drama at the end. Well, there never is drama at the end in terms of between the contestants because they're split apart from each other. The second you hit hometowns, the contestants never see each other except when they're standing there at a rose ceremony. They don't interact. I mean, I guess in recent seasons, well, that I, sh I take that back. In recent seasons, they have done this trick where especially when it comes to The Bachelor, they put all three women in the same room uh, on overnight dates. And yeah, that causes some friction. But I don't think they do that every season now, and it's hit or miss. But for the most part, once you hit Final Four, the women don't interact. They did it on Peter's season because they knew it would cause, you know, 
craziness with Victoria Fuller and Maddie and all that because they knew where Maddie stood on whole sex before marriage thing. I, but have they done that since? I don't even really remember since Peter's season. Um, Clayton did all three women. I mean, we knew it was the the you know that rose ceremony for overnight dates was the rose ceremony from hell. But I can't even remember. Did Rachel, Gabby, and Susie all stay in the same hotel and like all three of them sitting there on the couch talking about all right who's up first and then you know Clayton comes to the door and takes one away while the other two sit there. I don't remember if that happened, but I don't know. Um, I just Zach promoting his season is just kind of funny because they keep telling us this season is going to not have as much drama and it's going to be more about the connections. Well, but you just keep saying there's plenty of drama to go around. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think this is it, it's like they're trying to cover themselves because they know of the complaints. But I'm sorry. If you honestly think this show isn't going to show the drama between the women, you're crazy. Because the second you air a season with showing very little drama or no drama at all, people are going to call it boring. I'm telling you. That's why this fan base is so hypocritical and so fickle. They do it every season. It's like you want the season to start and then you complain about the drama. And then if there is no drama, you're going to complain that it's boring. So because nobody wants to watch this show for a love story. And I say nobody, and I'm not talking about, I'll say, I'll say the majority. And those of you that say, no, 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 Steve, I want to watch for a love story. I want to see happiness. Well, there's always happiness at the end of the season. You're still getting it. And you can't say that they don't show the dates. Like, you know, you take, um, you know, I, I, and there's been so many changes at the end of all these seasons, but you know, Sean and Catherine, it's like, yeah, they didn't show their relationship, you know, really flourishing until their first one-on-one date, which I believe wasn't until episode six for her. But they still showed her hometown date. They still showed her overnight date. They still showed their last date together. And they showed their proposal. What else do you want? I mean, those are the times that they spent together. So I don't know when people complain about, don't you know, you're not showing us the love story. They're not cutting out dates on this show. They're showing you the people's dates and who they ultimately ended up choosing, but you have two hours every week and you have multiple women there, so you have to show other things. I think people just have selective memory when it comes to this show and what they choose to like and what they choose to don't like. If it fits, you know, just like anything else, if it fits their narrative, that's what they complain about. And I'm just telling you, they've always shown a love story. It's just a matter of there's other things going on besides that love story. So... I just think it's funny the way they're promoting this season and just constantly telling us, oh, no, it's less drama this season. And Zach is literally here saying there's no shortage of drama. Okay, well, which is it? I don't know if you saw this, but um, Variety.com did an interview with some executives in the reality TV world just talking about their particular field, their particular networks, you know, Netflix, uh, ABC, CBS, and all that stuff. So one of the people they talked to was Robert Mills, who we know does alternative programming for ABC, and he's executive producer of The Bachelor. And I just thought this question and answer was so fitting of The Bachelor franchise. They asked him, they said, Rob, Over the years, the Bachelor franchise has dealt with unflattering information coming out about contestants, including a resurfaced blackface photo of Eric Schwerer, winner of the most recent season of The Bachelorette. Should the vetting process continue to evolve? Rob's answer. It's always evolving. 
So we're obviously trying to get better. Obviously, your goal is to have zero issues. As we go season by season, we try and get better and better because we hate when these issues come up. I do think we are improving, and we're learning how to perfect this as we keep doing it. That was his answer. Like, zero accountability, zero accountability for saying we missed that, zero accountability for saying we missed it and then didn't even bother addressing it on the after the final rose. Like, what a horrible answer to a, a, to a question that's, I think, pretty important. Like, what are you doing about all this misinformation? Or, not sorry, misinformation. Um, All this unflattering information about contestants that gets out, mostly reported by me. What are you doing about it? Are you trying to get better? Yeah, we're trying, but doesn't give any reasons about how they're trying. Doesn't go into any specific examples of, man, we really blew it on this one, or this was easy to find and we just missed it. Like nothing. Just, yeah, we're evolving. As seasons goes on, we try and get better and better. And we hate when those issues come up. And yeah, clearly you hate when they come up because you don't even bother addressing them. You know, like, so, you know, the show wants to say they're learning and they're getting better and they're evolving. And I, based on what (laughs) shit gets out every single season. Now something pops up about an unflattering, you know, information about a contestant and this season, while she never made it on the show, she got to the final casting weekend and she was there before she was cut right before the first night with Vanessa Esparson and her Facebook post about her take on Brock Turner and basically saying, yeah, but maybe women shouldn't be as dr- that drunk and maybe they won't get raped if they're not so drunk. Like that was out there. It was public. It was sent to me within five minutes of Vanessa Esparson being a possible cast member for The Bachelor. You tell me they couldn't find that? They're not doing any vetting. They don't seem to care. And yet he's pretending like they do. And that's where the issues of this show just, they don't seem to be going away. And I just wanted to read that answer to you to just show you. They say a bunch of nonsense. Like that was the most non-answer answer you could ever get to a fairly pressing question. So thanks for nothing, Rob. By any chance, did you see the interview? I don't even know what it was on. I saw the clip with Tyler, Rachel, and Matt basically talking about where the beef came between Tyler and Rachel. Rachel Kirkconnell, Matt's girlfriend. And I just thought it was interesting. I mean, they had some interesting back and forth where she was basically didn't understand why Tyler was kind of taking shots at her. And Matt chimed in and basically said, like, when when him and Rachel first started dating, like, I'm talking after the After the Final Rose aired and they clearly got back together, Matt basically said, admitted, that he didn't know how how to have a girlfriend. He hadn't had one in a few years. And he didn't know that meant like, hey, maybe I shouldn't invite Tyler along every time me and Rachel do stuff. And I think that was you know pretty big of him to admit, but it kind of also plays into, you all remember the Grace story and the, the story about Grace, who this is after, this was like, I want to say two months after the After the Fauna Rose. I want to believe it happened in May of that year where Matt kind of, um, you know, Grace had reached out to me and had said, look, Matt tried to hit me up for essentially a booty call 
on, you know, when he was in Miami and I know he's going home and he's going to spend time with Rachel and, you know, Grace came on my Instagram live and talked about the whole thing, talked exactly what he did. And then after that, we've heard interviews from Rachel saying, I basically gave Matt an ultimatum. Like if we're going to be serious, you can't keep acting this way. And it was almost like the whole Grace incident is what gave Matt the kick in the ass to actually treat Rachel like she should be treated as a girlfriend. And I just thought it was really interesting that um, Matt, you know, we kind of knew it, but him admitting once again that in the beginning of his relationship with Rachel, he didn't know how to have a girlfriend. And as evidenced by him hitting up (laughs) Grace days before he was set to go back to New York and have Rachel come into town and spend days with him. And so because, look, is there a part of me that's still bothered by the fact that people seem to be upset at me for the Grace story? Like I was somehow intervening when Grace came to me and said, hey, this is what happened with Matt. And I gave and again, like I said, I'm getting to a point now where unless these people want to come forward and put their name behind it, I'm not going to report it. So that was one of the first ones after the fact, after I made that acknowledgement that like, look, if I have negative information on a contestant, I'm not reporting it unless someone wants to come forward. And Grace was one that came forward and she went on a live with me to talk about it, about what she did and what Matt did. And somehow I'm the bad guy for letting Grace speak her piece and letting her say, this is what the guy did to me. You know, this is what he tried to do tried to get with me right before he left town. And two days later, Rachel's going to see him in New York. And right after that is when, you know, Rachel had that interview where, I mean, she has said after the fact, but the interview was essentially, I had to tell Matt like, Hey, if we're going to be serious, you can't just, I can't just be a girl and I'm just kind of there whenever you need me. And gave him an ultimatum. And, and Matt has admitted that was what I needed. I needed that kick in the ass from her to be like, no, this is the way it is when you date somebody. You don't just kind of half-ass date them, and when you're in another city, try and hit up another girl for a booty call. So um, I thought that inter- that interview was interesting. Obviously, Tyler and Rachel are cool now, but there was a while there where Tyler basically, I think he was just bummed that he lost his buddy that he did everything with, and his buddy got a girlfriend, and Tyler lost hanging out with his buddy and got a little butt hurt and just couldn't understand why. Oh my God. I, why can't you hang out with me? Why can't I join you guys or whatever? It's like, cause he's got a girlfriend. You don't need to, you know, be the third wheel every time they go out. Um, but it was an interesting interview. I'm trying to remember where it was. I, I want to say, was it on a podcast or was it on an interview with us weekly or something? But it just reminded me of the gray story and the whole thing where, yeah, Matt admitted in this recent interview he didn't know how to have a girlfriend in the beginning, and it was clearly evident he didn't. One of the corrections I want to make from Friday's podcast, I you know I was talking about Deanna and uh, her unfortunate separation from Steven Stagliano. I mentioned that Deanna was on Jason's season. Clearly, I got that wrong. Jason was on Deanna's season, and then Jason ended up getting his own season. Deanna was on uh, Brad Womack's first season where he dumped both Deanna and Jenny at the end. And then from there, Deanna became the bachelorette. So I think a lot of people know that I, when I talk so much and now I'm doing two podcasts a day and 11 podcasts a week, I'm going to like literally 
mix up or say something that's literally the dumbest thing that's obviously, if I thought about it for more than two seconds, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Jason wasn't on, um, you know, or, you know, Deanna wasn't on Jason's season. Jason was on hers. But get things mixed up every once in a while. But I will correct myself if it's something that um, as egregious as that. So wanted to make that known that, yeah, I'm very well aware that Deanna was not on Jason's season. He was on her season. And then him being on her season led to his season of The Bachelor. Some great news came down the pipe on Friday that Cobra Kai Season 6 is happening. That's great. But it's always the bad news is it's going to be the final season, although they are talking about spinoffs. They don't know who they're spinning off yet, but there's going to be spinoffs of that show of maybe one or two of the characters. So I'm all for that. Cobra Kai has been um, one of the the best shows that has ever been rebooted, especially for someone like me, where Karate Kid was such an integral part of my childhood. It's been one of my all-time favorite movies. I was always against doing any sort of reboot or remake. And, you know, when Cobra Kai was first announced, I'm like, how are they going to do this? Like Daniel and Johnny 30 years later, like, is is this going to be compelling? Uh, Let alone for a movie. I I don't even know how they're going to do a series for this. And then I watched the first season and you're like, wow, they did a great job. And the three writers are basically guys like me, just giant fans of the show that were in Hollywood and were just like, I think we can do this. And I think we have a story to tell here. And they've gotten five seasons out of it. And to be honest with you, I think season five was their best season. I thought it was the best one. I mean, you can't beat, you know, spoiler alert, you can't beat Johnny Chosen and Mike fucking Barnes going over to Terry Silver's house to kick his ass. <laughs> like that's, that is nostalgia personified. Like that is the 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 what's it called the zeitgeist or the can whatever you want to call it seeing that having been if you watched the karate kids in the late 80s and then 30 years later seeing the three essential villains of the first three karate kid movies or bad guys teaming up with one uh, teaming up together to fight the main bad guy from karate kid 3 in an all out duel you can't beat the nostalgia factor of that. So that was awesome. I don't know how they're going to top that in season six. They claim it's going to be the best one yet. Um, I know it'll be good. So uh, interested in in how that all goes down. But, man, can't wait. Bittersweet that it's going to be the last season, but it looks like we're going to get spinoffs, and it's definitely not going to end. And I wanted to end with this, a, a final note. This is sports-related, but it was also entertainment-related. On Friday night, Shannon Sharp, who is a TV commentator for Fox and FS1, former tight end in the NFL with the Broncos and the Ravens, got into a yelling match at halftime during the Laker game uh, and the Grizzly game. And he spoke to a reporter and said, they don't want this smoke, Dave. They do all that talking and jockeying, and it ain't about jockeying. It started with Dylan Brooks. I said he was too small to guard LeBron. He said, F me. I said, F you back. He started to come at me, and I said, you don't want these problems. Then Jock came out of nowhere talking. He definitely didn't want these problems. Then the dad came, and he obviously didn't want no problems, but I wanted anything they had. Don't let these fools fool you now. 
okay, first off, why Shannon Sharp was let back into that game after causing that as a fan? Probably because he's famous, but any other fan does that at, at an NBA game and causes that much of a stir is gonzo. Secondly, Shannon, I know you're a Laker fan, and I know you love LeBron, and that's fine. However, that quote about they don't want any of this smoke, it's like, Shannon, have you looked at the standings? The Memphis Grizzlies are the second best team in the West. The Lakers are the 12th best team in the West. Like, you sound stupid trying to say, like, oh, basically he was saying, like, Memphis doesn't want any part of the Lakers. Really? Now, granted, the Lakers did win the game by one in the last seconds, but Memphis came into that game on an 11-game winning streak, and the Lakers are like 20 and 25 on the season. I, I, I get that you're a, a, a fan that can't see straight when it comes to the Lakers and you can't be objective, but Jesus Christ, talking about how, you know, yelling at, yelling at Memphis players that they don't want any of this, like really? They're probably laughing in your face because they know they'd beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. So the whole thing was ridiculous, and like I said, he obviously got preferential treatment because he's famous because any other fan stands up and does that and starts yelling at players who get them to yell back during a game, and then the father of one of the players comes over and they had to be held back and security got involved, that fan would be out of that arena in three seconds. But Shannon Sharp gets to stay because he's Shannon Sharp. Like Shannon made an ass of himself. That was so dumb. And it's ridiculous when you look at the, where the teams are at in the standings. So stupid. Anyway, we are back to a normal schedule now for, for the next two and a half months, as long as The Bachelor is on. So tomorrow you're going to get your first recap of the season. Reader emails is on Wednesday, so get your reader emails in at steve at realitysteve.com. Any questions or comments that you have. And then Thursday you'll have your regular three podcasts. You'll have your daily roundup, the sports daily, and also your uh, Thursday interview, which would be podcast, I believe, number 323 this week. So we are back to a normal schedule. And um, it'll be fun. And nothing's changing. You're just getting more written word this week in addition to your daily roundups or whatever. And now I would say that the daily roundups are going to be a lot more focused on The Bachelor, at least in the first 10 minutes or so, because there's just Bachelor content now out there. There's going to be women from Zach's season posting stuff on Instagram stories and on their feeds and saying things. And these are the things that we're going to talk about. You know, for the last nine weeks, there just hasn't been a lot to talk about Bachelor-wise because nothing's been going on. Nothing's been filming and nothing's been airing. Now with the show on, yes, the Daily Roundup is going to consist more of Bachelor talk, especially on Tuesdays where I'll verbally talk about some of the things that happened on the episode and whatnot. But yeah, so get ready for that because I know the last nine weeks it's been a lot of, I mean, I've always tried to give you any sort of Bachelor news, but then it's been a lot of stuff regarding pop culture, other reality shows, and, you know, into a little bit of sports before I started the Sports Daily podcast. So thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the premiere tonight, and we will talk about it tomorrow on the Daily Roundup as well as in my column. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!